We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Evening, everybody. It's Kirk Henderson and Josh Bo once again with another episode of Mavs Moneyball After Dark coming to you on Saturday night. Uh, the Mavericks just lost an incredibly stupid game to the Charlotte Hornets in overtime, one twenty three, one twenty. I normally punt to Josh, but I just want to get something in real quick. This is another uh, really frustrating game. I am so mad I don't feel things. So, Josh, go ahead. <laughs> Well, uh, I was I as I said in our Slack, I had a whole recap written and I had a whole list of points that I was ready to talk about. And then, boy, that fourth quarter happened, and that sure looked a lot like that Oklahoma City fourth quarter on New Year's Eve. And I think that's the first thing we have to talk about is was it was it the fourth quarter or was it just like a certain point in the fourth quarter? Because I'm sitting here looking at the game <laughs> recap. Or, you know, the play-by-plays, you know, I, I wasn't paying as close attention as I should have. I, I remember looking up and thinking at about the four-minute mark. Oh, well, this is dumb. And, you know, I'm looking at the at the play-by-play right now. And Justin Jackson um, apparently made – yeah, Justin Jackson made a floater with five minutes left. And then, of course, the Mavericks just go to hell in a handbasket. And I, I don't understand this. Um, actually, you know what? I do understand it because – I, I'm very curious if the Mavericks have played any crunch time minutes with Porzingis, uh, Luca, and KP, because my gut says no. To be quite honest with you, I don't think they played any crunch time minutes with those with those three together. And all of this crunch time horse crap has come 
you know, in the mix of basically from December 14th on with maybe that like Nuggets game. Am, am I crazy? Are you, t- you said KP and Przingis. Do you mean Hardaway oh, Jr.? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hardaway yeah. Jr. Basically the, the three, you know, the three offensive guys that the Mavericks have like have been relying on. Yeah, I don't think you're crazy. I would need to go back and look at it. I think the thing is, is they just haven't played a lot of clutch time minutes at all this season. But um, the Zach Lowe stat that you mentioned, I think you tweeted him. Entering tonight, they were 28th in the league in clutch time offense, scoring 90 points per 100 possessions in only 66 minutes. And that number tanked again tonight. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's a thing. And I, yeah, I don't know if it's because Perzingis and Tim Hardaway Jr. are out, but I, I feel like I can remember a couple other games where this is kind of happening. Like, you know, the Portland game and maybe the Lakers game a little bit, the, the first Lakers game at home, they've had some, they've had some bad close losses. You think about the two Knicks games. Uh, those were also some bad offense down the stretch in the fourth quarter. You know, when, a lot of their great wins this season have been by double digits. And when the game, when the game gets closed down the stretch, they just, they turn into a completely different team than they are for the first, what, uh, 24, 36 minutes of the game. It's, it's absolutely bizarre. Um, like the last five minutes tonight, it was once again, it, it was like almost carbon copy of that OKC game. It was just, I don't know what it is, but they just stand and watch Luca. It turns into the the Rockets' offense, and I know that's going to be a lot of funny to if Matt Moore happens to listen because he's been doing his Luca Harden uh, comparisons lately. But I mean, it's it's a difference, you know. The, there's no there's less pick and roll. There's less movement off the ball. There's less screening off the ball. There's less cutting. It's mm-hmm. it's four guys watching one, and that one guy looks tired, and he starts launching twenty eight footers and. You know, normally that's okay throughout the game, but man, it's just they, they gotta they gotta look at this and they gotta figure it out because obviously if they want to take another step, you know, they're gonna be a playoff team. But what are, what are they thinking playoff games are gonna be like? Like this is what it's gonna be like. Uh, so they they need to figure this out. They need to figure it out fairly quick. I don't know if it's if it's just Hardaway Jr. and Porzingis coming back that fixes a lot of it, but I, I think there might be a little bit more to it probably it's usually something that simple but i mean if we go through like i think we could probably go through and look at some of these things at least anecdotally so first i i I, i'm not a refs guy but i feel that luka Doncic is incredibly difficult to call and for him to get six free throws in a game where he plays 43 minutes and the mavericks really to get 13 overall is indicative of something that gets a little funky so in crunch time, when Luca's only gotten six, you know, basically two, two or three calls to go his way the whole game, I think he kind of pulls up. The rest of the Mavericks start to stand around. Like Luca got charged for a uh, turnover at one point in the fourth, where he threw a lob to Powell, and Powell didn't jump. And I, I don't know I, from the angle of the play. I need to see it head on. But it was one of those things where I don't understand what exactly Powell was doing. Uh, Luca settles for that three, I think, primarily because he's not getting calls. Um, he had one floater in overtime where he got, you know, he gets bumped coming off the screen. He gets bumped going towards the middle and nothing both times. I don't like, you know, talking about the rest, but it was just extremely stupid to to follow there. The next thing that I'm a little curious about is these guys beyond the the Tim Hardaway and Chris Porzingis. And that is essentially where 
a lot of the Mavericks problems have, have lied. And there's been a lot of chatter online. You and I have been part of it about, you know, the Mavericks needing to shake something up there. I can kind of understand it now, you know, with some of these frustrating losses, I, I don't, I still just patently disagree with the idea that a big man is going to help their playmaking problem, which is really what it comes down to. But when you have the rest of the team, the Mavs went 15 for 50 from three point range. And when you back out the 25 attempts by Luca and, and Kleba of which they made 11, which is a pretty good percentage. That means the rest of the team went, four of 20 am i doing that right four of it it was bad 425 like it it was it was awful um i I just i don't even know where to be no sorry four of 23 i I can't do math right now i'm too tired the mavericks were just not very good from distance tonight the the non uh luca non clebo one sorry guys i just i can't count um and I'm not entirely sure what to do about that because this is sort of what we were concerned about heading into the season. And it just feels it really exacerbates when you, when you play crunch time game and loss and you really feel the, the, the weight of the frustrations like Justin Jackson is 10 of 50 since December 1st, he has been God awful for going on like 16 games. I don't really care that he's hitting floaters because he's a liability everywhere else in the floor. So if he's shooting six threes and not making any, that's frustrating. Dorian Finney Smith is still playing pretty good basketball. Like he's, he's arguably the second best Maverick right now with the other two guys gone. So it's kind of hard to hate on him. I don't understand 33 JJ Berea minutes. Uh, He didn't really have a particularly uh, effective game from distance one for five. You know, then you got Brunson and Wright, who are kind of the real question marks. Wright played seven minutes, was a negative 10, uh, and didn't shoot, didn't do much of anything. And Brunson played 14 minutes, was one of five from the floor. He had a couple of assists. Not a bad game, not a good game. He makes, I I really feel like since Lucas come back, he's essentially questioning his own existence because he doesn't do much with his time on the floor. He's not terrible, but this is kind of where we're getting into. And, and I don't, you know, that that's really kind of what it comes down to is, is the non Mavericks or uh, the, the, the non big three are really not stepping up in any meaningful way. And unless, you know, the other team is, is, I mean, look at, I don't, Luca couldn't have done more 39, 12 and 10. Like there's, there's just, there's very little else he could have done. Is there anything else to the crunch time? It's like standing out at least from these recent games. I think it's like the trickle down effect with, with Przingis and Tim Hardaway Jr. I think that is part of it. And I think when you talk about how one of the things that we were worried about was their, you know, the three point shooting and, you know, there's not much you can do with some of these guys that we didn't really believe in as three point shooters to begin with. You know, part of the reason the Mavs have been so successful this season is because they've just come at you in numbers. Just, you know, the sheer volume, you know, even though they don't have three or four elite three-point shooters, just the sheer volume of average to okay three-point shooters, the math won. Well, when you take away two of the better of those, you know, it, the math starts to to wane a little bit because those other guys aren't necessarily, make, you know, making up the difference. And, um you know, you know, JJ Barea, I don't mind him, his game as much tonight because like you said, they, they really just need some, he's the only other guy right now that I trust to do something with the ball in his hands and create off the dribble. He did have nine assists and one turnover and yeah, the DeLon Wright Brunson minutes. Those are the minutes that I really feel like 
something's got to give there. Like, uh, Wright is too good to play seven minutes in a game like this and, and do nothing. Like, I don't know, is he hurt? You know, is, is, is something going on? Because he's exactly the kind of guy you would think you'd want to have on the floor to close out a game, especially against a team like Charlotte, which plays, you know, basically two kind of, two players that are kind of similarly sized, you know, Rozier and, and Devontae Graham, you know, they basically play two point guards uh, in their backcourt. And those two guys had 29 and 27. You're like, man, right. Like you're built, like this is the game for you. Like you need to be out there and, and, and trying to help get some stops. And for him to play seven minutes, I'm not even saying like, why didn't he play more? Because in those seven minutes, yeah. he was a ghost. Like I don't blame Rick for not having him in there longer. You know, I just wonder if there's, something else going on and you know seth only taking two three-pointers and missing both of them like that's that hurts um yeah and and yeah like you, you just you take the mavericks are just they're kind of like a house of cards they're just they're they're the sum of their parts it's it's luca driving an engine with with all the other guys kind of fitting in and you take out two of them who are two of the better ones like i think that's just kind of what happens is guys just get moved up a rung up the ladder and they struggle a little bit. And uh, another thing, you know, speaking of that struggle, like Boban in his three minutes was was bad. And uh, negative eight he, in three minutes is hard. I know. I know he didn't play. Uh, he didn't play in the second half. But you look at Maxi's playing thirty five minutes. Dwight's playing thirty eight. They need, you know, when Przingis is out, this is what happens. And I'm not saying the Mavs need another big necessarily, but Boban is just he's good for those spot, you know spot matchups but he's not you know the thing about Salah when the Mavs had Salah was he wasn't necessarily a matchup dependent kind of guy like he was a third big that you would feel like you would have felt okay with him playing a little bit more to to relieve Powell and Maxi in a game like tonight with Boban it's like he's basically good for like if you're playing like a really big meaty team up front that's kind of bullying you and the Hornets weren't really doing that you know they were they're bullying the Mavs in the paint but it's because of their guards and their penetration and Boban is so flat-footed, like it's it's not his fault. Like it's just not fair for him to try to guard pick and rolls. And Charlotte runs a lot of pick and rolls. So so that was just it's just tough. They're just Hardaway Jr. and Przingis. They're they're important, and it's yeah. the Mavs don't have to play really really clean basketball to win games without those two guys. And as evident in the first half tonight, they're just not doing it. I mean, I'm, I've come around largely to being a big picture guy in terms of what the data shows you. And the Mavericks' big picture are a pretty good rebounding team. They're an average defensive team. But when you see games like this, it's really hard to not do anything other than be frustrated about what you see on like 15 possessions within a game. And, you know, this is the first game. Well, I mean, it's you're entirely right because – the Mavericks are, I think they've been out rebounded more since Porzingis has been out. And like that just tracks. That's very simple. One of their good rebounders being out, they rebound the ball less. You would expect, right. you know, at a certain point, other guys to step up, but that's simply not the case. Uh, it, 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 I wish it was. I mean, you know, the, the fact that Kleba played 35 minutes and grabbed four boards is kind of frustrating. The fact that Powell played 38 minutes and grabbed seven boards including a couple where, you know, you're just watching him not rebound is very, it's, it's just kind of incredible to watch. And I know there are all these people that are like genuinely frustrated. And I understand why, like these losses are bad. The fact that the Mavericks are two games over 500 from home is, is stupid. 
they need to be better about this stuff. But I don't think it's a call to action to like blow up the system that they have. Um, I do, you know, the Mavericks are, are ahead of where we had hoped they would be in any of your, our wildest scenarios. And, you know, fifth seed is not terrible. I still think there's an outside shot that they rise up the ranks, but they're going to need to start winning some of these games. You know, I'm sorry. They're the sixth seed right now. They fell behind the jazz by a half game. Uh, This is not what I had hoped for. And Dallas needs to figure out a way to start winning some of these games. Otherwise they're going to go, you know, kind of be that seven, eight seed that we had hoped for. I just don't know. You know, I'm not a trade talks guy, but I don't know what's available or what's out there that, you know, paired with what the Mavericks have to offer, that's going to really move the needle. Uh, the Mavericks work really well as, as the team that they have paired. Like the fact that they're, the fact that they're the, the seventh, you know, they're the sixth seed in the West and they have like, they're basically, you know, a, a slight, they're the fourth best team in the league in the entire league out of 30 teams and point differential really says something about the quality of this team when it's clicking. Uh, I, I just, it feels, I, I'm a reactionary guy game to game, but when I, like when the game's over, I just, there's just not that much to be super upset about other than the fact that two of the more important players in the rotation are not there. Yeah. Cause you're, 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 I could kind of feel you going through the, the, the process in your brain. You were like, okay, well, what can they get? And it's like, what do they need? Well, they need some rebounding and they need some rim protection and they need some shooting. And it's like, Oh crap, that's, that's Hardaway jr. And that's Przingis. Like that's like people keep, you know, I know, you know, I'm not, I'm not even gonna say his name, but people keep, you know, bringing up these trade ideas and it's like, you know, well, pal can't guard the rim and he can't play defense. So he can't rebound. All these people are right. Like they're right. right. This is right. not a question. They're correct. But the guy that's hurt is literally the guy that does all those things. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I understand the frustration. And when you see a game like this, you're like, they got to do something. They need to move some, some pieces around or they need to bring in another piece. And you're like, well, two of them are, are on your bench in street clothes and they yeah. will help tremendously. And this definitely felt like the kind of game where if Przingis and Hardaway Jr. are in, like, I, I don't know, call me like a homer, but this feels like a game the Mavs win by like 15. Like, yeah. uh, those guys are just that good. And I think, you know, I don't know if people underrate Przingis's rim protection, but like when I watched how easy uh, Charlotte's guards got to the rim and, and finished, I'm like, man, there's another chance Przingis cleans up and and yeah. not even just pure shot blocks. He prevents guys from even shooting in the first place. Like he just, he's such a deterrent and uh, man, it was, it was so evident tonight. And in, in a weird way, it's comforting to know that like Przingis is having that type of impact after, you know, what, what he looked like in the first you know, first three or four weeks of the season and how good the Mavs were playing with him on the bench. Uh, so it's just, it's like oddly perverse to think like, oh, well, you know, he's actually showing his value here in these games. But uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a weird situation. I, I understand why people would be mad. I'm mad. Like with two guys out, you still can't blow, you know, you can't blow the 12 point lead in the fourth quarter. Like you just, you got to find a way to close that game. And, and Przingis and Hardaway being out doesn't necessarily prevent you from, from doing the things you were doing in the, in the latter half of the second quarter and most of the third quarter, you know, that doesn't, you know, why does it have to change, you know, in the last five minutes? Um, so yeah, that was, that was pretty frustrating and yeah, it's just, they gotta, they got some things to figure out with that crunch time offense. That's to me, that's the big takeaway. And the other big takeaway was I was really disappointed to see how like just 
nothing they started the game like they just had nothing to start this game yeah that's uh, a bad starting lineup i i yeah. i'm with you you're like you're right about Brea being more effective and it's kind of hard to move away from him but i really don't understand starting him he's best is kind of a mix it up option and the bench was cracking you know later on when whenever he was playing with them because he's setting guys up but just taking the ball out of luca's hands when it becomes a pick and roll with with uh, uh, JJ and whoever he is rolling with is like, that's objectively dumb basketball uh, when Luca is on the floor. I know it's worked for years and years and years, you know, in March and April when the Mavericks have been bad, but I just don't care about that anymore. And I only want to see that with the second units, not with Luca. Um, and, and Bray has been effective. That's not what I mean. So like that starting lineup is, 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 is pretty maddening. They so, can't start I, Jackson anymore. That's for sure. Well, I mean, Jackson, <laughs> I, I just I've I've killed Jackson sorry. on here. I don't have anything else. I I, I, know, I feel sorry. bad. No, I feel bad. I've been mean to the guy. Like I, I I don't like being mean about a professional athlete who is good at something. I just don't know what it is for these Mavericks. And you know, there's 16 games ish or so until the trade deadline. So if the data starts to show us something different when these guys are healthy, then I'm I'm more open to some of these ideas that they're out there. But you know, earlier you called the Mavericks a little bit of a house of cards. I think that's an incorrect analogy. I think that they're a jigsaw puzzle missing like the middle, you know, the middle pieces that would form the whole picture. And, you know, you get those whole things back together and then maybe the Mavericks are able to show out here. They have a tough schedule in January. They need to win some of these games, a six game homestand. And you started off losing to one of the worst teams in the East. Like this is just not good. It's not a good start. They need to get it together. Yeah, for sure. And by, uh, reading the tea leaves of the reports about Przingis is hopeful. He comes back on Monday. It sounds like this was going to be, it sounded like the way I was reading the report, they were almost hoping to kind of sneak in this game and, and get a win and not have to play him. It sounded like maybe he could have played if he wanted, if, if things were different, but they were just being extra precautionary and it's Charlotte. So you thought you can get a win and well, that sucks. <laughs> like, so they got a, they got some work cut out for them uh, for the rest of this week, but at least they're at home and this is a good opportunity for them to work through whatever is going on at home. Like you said earlier, like they just, I don't know how you could start a game like this at, at home. Like they just, there's just some sort of weird energy in the American Airlines center in the first quarters. I'm not saying it's like a fan thing. Like it's just weird. Like I, the team looks so like they're so hungry on the road. And then on at home, they're just kind of like, yeah, we got this. At least that's yeah. how it feels like to me. I know that's kind of like a boomer kind of take, but like, it just feels it's just like a, they have like a different mindset when they start these games at home. So uh, well, hopefully that's something they can work through this week. Well, Monday is going to be a funky game. Um, what if I told you? I want to I saw a stat tonight. <laughs> this is incredible. The Bulls have the fifth best defensive ranking in the NBA. The Chicago Bulls, who are 13 and 23. Uh, whoa, whoa. That's weird. Uh, I saw that earlier tonight, but apparently they've just been playing outstanding team defense. So that's something to look forward to because, you know, I, I think this is the kind of game where the Mavericks and really Mavs fans might be looking ahead to the, you know, the Denver Laker uh, Philadelphia stretch, but the, uh, you know, the, the bulls are nothing to overlook. So something to uh, consider. Yeah, for sure. They just, they got to get right. They just got to have a solid effort from opening tip to final buzzer. Well, we went longer than we wanted to, but losses like this are kind of, you know, one of the things you need to work through, you need to talk about. I think you guys like hearing about it. Uh, 
been having some fun on social media lately. Hope everybody's enjoying themselves. After all, one thing to remember about this, all this Mavs talk is that we don't actually get a say. Uh, the Mavs do read a lot of stuff that's out there, but I promise you they give no craps what any of us think. So just remember that as we argue with one another online. Uh, Josh, you got <laughs> anything else before we go? No, I think that's it. Um, I guess I was talking about in Slack, but that's short. I I, I want to give credit to the Hornets on that last play, the the Rozier three. Uh, Devontae Graham did like an awesome job in going away from the pick because Maxie was starting to jump out to trap it a little bit. He went away from it, and it basically created a four on five, and Maxie was behind the play, and Dallas had to scramble, and then you know they got the three. So like, uh, I. I haven't watched this first time I watched Charlotte and they're kind of interesting, but uh, yeah, not a good loss. And they got to get, they got to get right on Monday. All right, guys, this has been a far too long episode of (laughs) Moneyball after dark. We will uh, see you this week. Everyone have a good day. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, Just go to cars.com. It's magical.